Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we're um, in Daniel. We'll be looking at chapter 4. We'll be going maybe 1 through 10 and just touching on verse 17. And we've been, this is a point where we are coming to uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he is, we're kind of taking off where, we're taking up where we left off last time. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego had just been thrown into the fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar saw the power of God, the power of God on full display as the, the, the flames did not burn these three guys. And he saw uh, with them perhaps uh, a vision of Christ himself. He described it as an angel, but he doesn't know who Jesus is. He just, he just said it was magnificent. So it really blew Nebuchadnezzar away. And now as we, we start off in verse 1 of chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar writes this letter um, to everybody and basically praises God. So Nebuchadnezzar is becoming um, affected by God and uh, His wisdom. Uh, So Nebuchadnezzar, verse 1, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Okay, so again, Nebuchadnezzar is king of probably the world's first great empire. And so this first king now says, Peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are His signs, how mighty His works. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and His dominion endures from generation to generation. For me, just studying history, I find it just fascinating that you've got the first uh, king, of the world's first great empire, which is in Babylon. Now, Babylon is modern-day Iraq. And you've got the king of... um, the first king ever in modern-day Iraq um, praising God. And I don't think it's by coincidence. I think this is God's design. Because in modern-day Iraq today, you've got... Islam, but um, 
even before Islam started, you've got the Babylonian Empire, the king of the Babylonian Empire praising God. And so, um, if you went over there and traced all the rulers right back to their origins uh, in the old city of Babylon, uh, which predates everything, God's name was praised first. So I just think that's really neat. So um, let's start off with this letter again. To King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. Okay? He's saying, I got I to gotta tell everybody about this. So he's decreeing this to all his kingdom. How great are his signs, how mighty his works. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Okay? He's proclaiming God's kingdom to be everlasting. The first king of the world's first great empire. And his dominion endures from generation to generation. Okay? He's proclaiming God. I just think that is fascinating that God is using Nebuchadnezzar first to conquer Israel, Jerusalem, bring them back to begin the punishment that he needs, and then God has used Nebuchadnezzar to proclaim his kingdom. Okay? That is just amazing to me. But Nebuchadnezzar's heart still wasn't in it. And now we'll look at his dream. Verse 4, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream that made me afraid. And as I lay in bed, the fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me. So I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they could not make known to me its interpretation. At last, Daniel came in before me, he who was named Belteshazzar, after the name of my God, and whom and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I told him the dream, saying, O oh, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too difficult for you. Tell me the visions of my dream that I saw in the interpretation. Now notice a couple of things here. Um, even after uh, Nebuchadnezzar sees God's greatness... He still calls on his magicians and enchanters to interpret the dream. Um, but they couldn't do it. He doesn't threaten to kill them, so he's a little soft-hearted after his last dream was interpreted by Daniel. He, tell, he doesn't make them guess the dream. Um, that's probably how much confidence he has in Daniel. So he's probably putting these guys to the test, but he's bringing Daniel in, but he's not putting Daniel to the test. He doesn't want to lose Daniel. He doesn't want to, like, you know, he's more polite with Daniel. And he tells Daniel the dream. Now, it's ironic that he names Daniel 
um, after um, he's Belteshazzar was named after the name of Nebuchadnezzar's god. Okay, um, but Belteshazzar um, was, you know. He, he he kept he kept naming him after his own god, so he hasn't really changed his heart yet. You know, he's still um, clinging to his own gods, and he's calling that uh, Daniel that um, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. He he really doesn't acknowledge God yet. Okay, so he's asking uh, Daniel to tell him the vision. I mean, he's he's describing his dream to him. He's not making Daniel um, guess the dream or 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 uh, you know uh, articulate the dream like he did last time. So in verse ten, he said, "The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these." So he's telling Daniel his own dream. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached. Uh, to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. So, big tree, big beautiful tree, and everybody was uh, being safe around this tree. And all the animals of the field lived there and uh, got protection from it. And so this was uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream to Daniel. And um, then in verse 13, he says, I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. He proclaimed aloud and said thus, Chop down the tree and lop off its branches. Strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches. But leave the stump of its root in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts of the fields uh, of the, in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's, and let a beast's mind be given to him. And let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets it over the lowliest of men. Okay? So we've got this dream, and then all of a sudden, of this tree, and then all of a sudden we get this tree being chopped down because it was a sentence, you know, like a guilty sentence. And the reason for this dream down in 17 was that so the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men. So again, we have a a very uh, vivid dream and an interesting end to it. So this is where McGee leaves off. We'll take up the interpretation of this dream tomorrow. And as we conclude 
Just a question to you. How do you think God's using you? How do, you, how do I think God's using me? I was reading this morning and, and thinking about it. Um, God needs us to be the captive from His victory. So we need to be totally sacrificed uh, to God. We need to be His captive. Just like the, the nation of Israel was in captivity and led down to Babylon, okay, that illustrates a big, powerful scriptural message I'm just sort of appreciating in the gospel. When Christ laid down His life for us and sacrificed Himself for us, we became His possession. He fought a fight over death. And we're like the captives after a great battle. And as the uh, people, as the, as the, um, as the uh, Jewish nation was led into captivity, we're led into captivity, but not captivity in slavery like they were. We're captivity in victory. And we're not like slaves being led back to Babylon. We're in captivity, but it's a victorious captivity. You know, like when a, a ruler comes in to a triumphant return after a victory, the captives are led behind the ruler in a triumphant procession. But we're Christ's triumphant procession. And if we are in Christ. We're no longer free to be free in our own death, in our own sin. We're captives to Christ in life, in His victory procession. So a lot of parallels, I think, on a deeper level between uh, the captivity of the nation of Israel in Babylon and the captivity we have today in Christ, in victory, in life over death. So, We'll end here and we'll take up this dream tomorrow from me to all of you. God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. And I look forward to hearing what you have to say regarding this amazing book of Daniel. God bless you. We'll see you all tomorrow. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from... Daniel chapter 4, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 10. So in this chapter, we see a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had about a great tree trimmed down to a stump. So this tree was reaching, you know, the heavens. And it was trimmed down um, into a stump. And this was fulfilled in that period in the king's madness. So this dream actually came to um, fulfillment. So... The first four verses contain the testimony of Nebuchadnezzar, which grew out of the experience that he had after that, this particular dream. So this is well cataloged and well documented and, you know, a lot is known about it. So it, the, 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 um, this section does not start with uh, the dream and, you know, the experience that Nebuchadnezzar had, but it, ha it starts with the testimony of Nebuchadnezzar. So now we have from verses 4 to verse 18, Nebuchadnezzar we have Nebuchadnezzar's dream. So, and this is the tree dream interpreted by Daniel. And then from verses 19 to verse 27, we have the tragic to fulfillment in the insanity of Nebuchadnezzar. And then from verses 28 to verse 23, we have the time of the dream fulfilled. And um, 
from verses 34 to verse 37 we have nebuchadnezzar's reason fully restored so nebuchadnezzar you know he suffered from a form of insanity and that is well cataloged today and you know a lot is known about it it's, it's taken from the scripts um from babylon and you know a lot is known about like um the insane the, the, the insane period that nebuchadnezzar um you know went off his rockers so you know a lot of rulers today have actually suffered from mental breakdowns because i mean like you know ruling a nation a kingdom an empire isn't you know child's play they have gone off their rockers and if we think of it today who is actually normal and abnormal who determines the normal line of people from the abnormal line of people so um you know it's just that it's determined by what the majority of people tend to think or view in society as normal and that's what's viewed as actually normal and, you know, if the minority actually do it, that is regarded as abnormal. That's how, um, you know, normality and abnormality is actually rated today, right? So, um, I'll begin reading scripture from verse 1 to verse 3. And this is uh, the test, uh, this is the, um, this is, uh, it contains the testimony of Nebuchadnezzar. So, verse 1 goes on to read, Nebuchadnezzar the king. To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. So here, you know, this is a, an awesome testimony. It's a good testimony. And, you know, that is, um, you know, um, which actually reveals development. You know, that this testimony actually reveals the development of Nebuchadnezzar from, you know, this heathen pagan ruler who's unbelieving. And, um, you know, he's now developing into actually believing that, you know, um, you know, he is not higher than God. His rule is not higher than God. So in this chapter, you know, if, if we go back to... Um, Sorry, if we go back to chapter 3, verse 29, which actually reads, um, There I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. So here, you know, we have Nebuchadnezzar. He gave a decree. In, in chapter 3 verse 29 but here in this particular section in in, in chapter 4 um he expressed uh you know conviction um and here he gives a personal testimony of what happened how god worked in his life so um back then in chapter 3 he, um there was you know a decree but here it's a decision. It's a personal decision and you know to worship god is a personal decision prayer is you know a personal relationship with God. It's, it's something personal that you actually have to do. So um, in chapter 3, there um, he gave the, con he, you know, there was a conviction. But here in this particular um, chapter, there is a conversion and he sends out um, a piece of the heart to all the nations and, and the languages. Then, you know, it was the piece that he would actually send out is, you know, the armies conquering these particular other nations and restoring peace and order. But now he sends out that peace of the hearts to all the nations and languages, you know, peace with God, the peace of a sinner who has accepted God. So his tranquility, that peace he felt is restored in him. 
So he recognizes that God's rule is above him. You know, he cannot, he's not above God. Despite him being the head of gold, um, he is not above God. So being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Christ Jesus who died on that cross. So the peace he made um, by the blood on that particular cross is the peace that, you know, Nebuchadnezzar is experiencing, that tranquility. So when there is peace in the human heart, you know, when there's like no evil and there's just peace, uh, only then can peace be um, made around us today. Only then can we make peace around us, you know, around the people with that, like that we're living amongst today. So today men don't know peace. So, you know, um, the word of God is removed in our societies, in our schools, and, you know, only the word of God can actually bring peace. Men today tend to seek peace in so many um, areas. You know, you have um, organizations like Amnesty International, you know, the United Nations, you know, trying to bring up peace, but there's just been war after war after war. So man today doesn't know peace, but they say, oh, hey, we have peace, we have peace. But, you know, um, they know very little as long as that, you know, we remove God from, you know, our lives. We cannot experience that peace. So the peace that the blood of Jesus on the cross actually brought, that peace is what man seeks today. And today man knows no peace because, you know, after we are justified by faith, we have peace, that peace, that tranquility that we so seek. So scripture goes on to read verse four. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. So here, you know, we have, you know, Three of the pers the personal pronouns are actually my, I, mine. You know, they're used three times in this verse and they're used quite a lot in, in this um, section. They're mentioned quite a bit more. So from um, they're mentioned from verse 10, from verse 4 to verse 8. You know, the I, my, you know, it's about him, him, him. And um, verse 5 goes on to read, I saw a dream which made me afraid and the thoughts on my bed and the vision of my head troubled me so here you know it's all about me mine i so it's 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 it's, it's he suffered like dr jv dr. J. mcgee said you know he suffered from um iism you know the same the same kind of um you know complex that that uh job suffered from so now um verse six goes on to read therefore i issued a decree to bring in all the wise men of babylon before me that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the astrologers, the child, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers came in, and I told them the dream, but they did not make known to me its interpretation. But at last Daniel came before me, his name Belshazzar, according to the name of my God. In him is the spirit of the holy god and i told the dream before him saying that shelza chief of the magicians because i know that the spirit of the holy god is in you and no secret troubles you explain to me the vision of my dream that i have seen and its interpretation these were the visions of my head while on my bed i was looking and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. So here, you know, Nebuchadnezzar is now introducing the dream that um, he has had. Um, you know, and we have a surplus 
pro a surplus of pronouns you know there's a lot of i me mine so you know he had the 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 my 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 syndrome the pronoun i my mine syndrome so you know dr jv mcgee's opinion here is you know it's like nebuchadnezzar's family knew and you know they knew what he was suffering from they knew and they had actually kept uh this quiet and those who were actually close to him had actually noticed it you know had they had noticed hmm, he wasn't like quite right on his rockers so he had hysteria and hysteria is a highly emotional mental disease so it's um it's psychotic rather than um a structure form so um and you know we have a number of world leaders that um you know dr jv i won't mention but dr jv mcgee went on and mentioned who have had hysteria it's not easy to run um or rule a country and you know a lot of people tend to have a mental breakdown and nebuchadnezzar was one of them who had actually had a mental breakdown so you know hysteria reveals itself in extreme emotionalism and um you know you have people go from one extreme to another you know one minute he's like praising somebody and all the next minute is like you know burn them down or chop off their heads and all and this is what Nebuchadnezzar actually suffered from you know he was driven a lot by his emotions and then um you know Dr. David Maggie goes on to read you know the key to this particular chapter is from um verse 17 and I'll read verse 17 it says this decision is by the decree of the watchers and the sentence by the word of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men give gives it to whom to sorry gives it to whomever he will and sets over to and sets it over to the lowliest of men so here you know god gives us the kind of rulers we deserve um you know and the kind that we want so you know it actually tends to reflect a lot like if you look at um you know different nations so the kind of rulers that uh we actually deserve and they give it to the lowliest of men so um you know and and this is god's um way of actually showing that you know he is above our rule like he is above us you know um if we are just wicked people and you know we 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 are hypocrites and all you know you can actually tell that through the kind of leadership that you're actually going to have and you know which is just sad if like majority of the people are just like a really bad you know sad case of um a bunch of people who actually are just cheats liars you know um drunks and you know this is what you actually get and this can actually be seen you know you know historically we can see the type of people that you know different nations have actually had you know you have people like um you know stalin in russia you know those um if you look at um there's a lot of anti-semitism in russia uh if you look at uh the rule of hitler you know they there was anti-semitism they hated the jews and all um look at like say for example i'll give an example of idi amin in uganda um you know he was like a wicked person and um it was all dictatorship and 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 all so you know god actually you know gets the lowliest of all and gives us the leaders that we actually um that we actually deserve so yeah this is today's teaching thank you all for listening in god bless and have a pleasant day bye bye